Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. podcast where me nicole byer tries to figure out how i'm still single even though you could open my refrigerator and dump out all my food and say hey fatty time to go on a diet i would still say i love you my <laughs> guest today is, <laughs> is a legendary comedian and actor who you know from get out Southside, and his tv series rel his new podcast keeping it rel with young wayne is available every tuesday wherever you get your podcast i have Lil. Rel, how are you? I'm doing good. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. It's so good to see you. I haven't seen you in so long. It's been a minute. Yeah. Wait, I haven't seen you since Nick Crow show. Oh my God. Yes. That was like a few months ago, right? That was a while ago. Was that longer Damn. than that? I don't know time no more. I don't know time either. Time is tough. <laughs> I feel like 2020 is truly where time was just like, mm, it doesn't matter no more. You're just never going to know when it is. <laughs> <sighs> but you're good. Things are good. I'm doing real good. Yes. I love looking at your Instagram because my friend is book busy and blessed. You are truly <laughs> working so much. I love it. Yeah, I work a I work a lot. Like this is the first time. I mean, outside the podcast, but mm -hmm. and like writing and stuff. But I took some time off. I'm chilling, hanging out with my kids. I got a girlfriend now, so that's been great. So yeah. <gasps> Ooh, 
was going to be the next question. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I follow you on Instagram, so I know that you've, you've got a girlfriend now. Um, but how did y'all meet? We met at a screening, actually. It was, it was really interesting. It's, you know, it's funny. Like, I'm one of the people that watch a lot of Hallmark movies, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the rom I'm a big rom-com fan. People don't really know that like that, but I love them. <laughs> and so to, to kind of walk into, like, a predictable rom-com in real life, because mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really like at a screening for one of our good, we're good friends with Making Good. She has a show called Harlem, and we went to the screening for that. And I actually showed up. I was like with two other girls, just chilling. Because I was, hey, I was single for the streets. Because you're a single man, you do whatever you want. Whatever, whatever I want to. And I had said something about Megan on the mic, just showing her some love. And afterwards, Danella, that's her name. Walked up to me. I was like, that was very beautiful what you said. You have a good heart. And da, da, da. And I was just, I was hearing her talk, but I couldn't stop looking at her. And the rest of that evening, I was just like, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> and then I stalked her Instagram. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like, who is this lady? And I started I was looking for her. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, found her and then just was was very intrigued and inspired by her and who she is. She's an amazing mom. And and you know what's funny? People, I said something about this on the talk recently, and I brought up that she's a mom of four. And some people was asking why I brought that up. And I'm like, well, people love to undervalue women with kids. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you shouldn't date them. Don't date them. That's a red flag. She has four mm-hmm. daughters. You know, but I'm like, she's just dope. And I always was looking for somebody with mom energy anyway because I'm a parent. Because you have kids, yeah. Exactly. So, like, she was just perfect, man. Like, we hit it off. Oh. And I've, I've, especially being a comic, man, like, at some point, I stopped believing that I'll meet somebody dope. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, I think one day I was in my trailer yelling like, God, when? When? I want to be out the streets. I don't have the energy or the time to deal with this no more. Where is she at? I'm sorry for all the other things I've done. <laughs> I've done that in my car. Just like after a bad date, screamed at God, stop giving me material and give me someone who loves me. <laughs> oh, boy. I love that you found someone. Y'all are really cute together. And I, I love like a blood because you have two kids. I have three. Oh, you have three. She's mm-hmm. four. That's a, yeah. this is, this is what, seven, seven kids? You yeah. got one for every day of the week. That's nice. I love, you know what's funny? I always knew, and I don't know if it's because of Eddie Murphy. Maybe I'm overly inspired mm-hmm. by Eddie Murphy. I, I, knew, I, 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 wanted, I knew I wanted a bigger family, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it's this way, so I don't have to necessarily have anymore. Uh-huh. Like, uh, this is perfect. Yeah, and girls, <laughs> how old are they? How, like, what are the, what, what are all the ages? 20, 19, 12, and 11. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you, got a, you only got to raise half of them? <laughs> really? It's really only my, two, my little Two are one. done. We're, we're good. <laughs> I think they all want us to have an extra baby. Mm. And I'm like, eh. mm, A little fun one. A little eighth one. I don't want to be an old daddy, man. Like, I, I'm already kind of old, an older dad. Yeah, like, I'm but- at that point. Uh, I don't know. It's not that bad being an old daddy. I don't. Let me tell you something. I got a five year old now, right? Uh huh. And I'm 42. I don't have the same excited <laughs> energy to like stop stuff or mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? It's more or less just me yelling at the other kid. Hey, go get your brother. Like, it, it would just be a time I used to be the one to go get. Hey, go get him. He over there. He's standing on the counter. Go get your brother. <laughs> go get no, him. No, no, you know, so let him jump. Let him jump. <laughs> yeah, but then you'll raise a like a kid who's more fun. You know what Please. I'm saying? It's like my daddy let me jump off the countertop. <laughs> this scar's from this. This scar's from that. No, it was not le- neglect. He was tired. <laughs> I'm just scared to be that father that like picked their kid up. Like I used to do a bit about this, but about somebody having an old dad and like they have to mm-hmm. pick up their own report card. Oh so, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So they just I sit in the car and just they just wave at the yep. teacher. I'm here. <laughs> just, whatever you tell him, he gonna tell me. Is that uh, another part of the bit? The kid buckling their own uh, uh, car seat in. <laughs> Yes, I got I got a lot of children. That bit makes so, me laugh so hard. Just an old baby buckling himself, and I got it, I got it. Well, it's an independent <laughs> baby, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. It's a baby like, oh, look, either either you got an old daddy or or you got a ghetto mama. That's the only way you get like. Well, my parents ghetto as hell. You got to learn to fit for yourself, making noodles, shit. Like, well, how old are you? You making your own oodles and noodles cups? You you four. <laughs> You're four. You can't even reach the microwave. Like, yeah, hey, I, got, well. I gotta eat. I gotta eat. I gotta eat. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I feel like you'd been working pretty consistently, and then Get Out happened, and then I feel like it was like you were fucking everywhere, <laughs> and it's so delightful to see. Every time I see like you, Jermaine, like just like people I know from like way back, and I'm just like, oh, it's so incredible that like my black friends is everywhere you know so when we did that world star sketch for friends of the people mm-hmm. the group that's in that we're talking about you and che and mm-hmm. it's just really interesting to watch you know yeah everyone's careers kind of just yeah. blossom and it's nice because we all just worked really hard and i saw how hard everybody worked so like everybody that i see now who's like doing shit i'm just like you know we we earned it. We did it. We worked really fucking hard and kept going and shit. And yeah. I'm really defensive about all of you. Like every last one of you. I'm like really defensive. It's people I've literally cursed out for <laughs> for thinking whatever they want to think. People are weird, man. Like they People I, are weird. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why people think things are handed to you. Mm-hmm. Just because you find success in something that either they couldn't do consistently. So they're like, what did you do? Like, just, I, we got the same opportunities. It's like, what did I do? I did the work. I was at the right place in the right time, which is luck. But then I showed up prepared and was nice. And then people recommended me for things. That's how I got what I have. And yeah, people don't realize it's like, you got to, it doesn't end after you get the job. Like, you have to continue to be good and then be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I've a good, that's some a great actors word. get talked about. And then not show up because they were like, they're too rude. They're I don't want to work with them. You're like, oh wow. That is a real thing. It's people that's rude and not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you okay. I don't know if you uh, should you should be the nicest yeah, person on the planet. Mediocre screaming at people. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, Rel, you were I know you're from Chicago. What part of Chicago are you from? I'm from the west side of Chicago. Oh, okay. I don't know nothing about the West Side. It's very specific. Me and Hannah were both from the West Side. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. My family lives on the South Side. I mean, but just let me say something. That only means anything <laughs> in Chicago. Nobody else give a damn what we're talking about. Like, when you leave the city of Chicago, 
You become friends. Like, it's people I'm friends with in L.A. that if we lived in Chicago, we wouldn't be friends. You wouldn't be friends. Yeah. <laughs> Chicago is so funny. It's like, I've said it before on this podcast, it is the most successfully segregated city, I think, <laughs> in America. Because... When pe- like when white people were like, I'm from Chicago, I'd be like, no, you're not. Because I'd only really spent time on the South Side. I was like, no, you don't have cornrows and a mixed baby. You're not from the <laughs> South Side. Mm-mm, no. And then I went to the North Side when I turned like 25 to do a show with Mateo Lane. And I was like, <gasps> there are white people here. It was truly <laughs> so wild and overwhelming. It's so segregated. But that, I think that's the key to making it a lot of us really good comedians because you had to learn to make so many different people laugh mm-hmm. along with different types of black people. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a lot of like figuring out what your voice is and being able to interpret that to any group of people. Yeah. So when did you get into comedy? I started when I was 19. Mm-hmm. Showed up at a comedy club. So I used to get the um, the Chicago Sun-Times every weekend would have a, a weekend entertainment magazine newspaper mm-hmm. on Fridays. And so since like maybe like sixth grade, I would look at that and literally look at the list of comedy clubs and like, man, someday if I ever do it, I'm going to go to one of these places. Because it was listed every week. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I turned 19, I ended up showing up at one of them really early because I wasn't old enough to get in. I got, <laughs> I showed, I like helped set up. They didn't even know, they, they thought I worked there. <laughs> That's how early I was there. You know what I mean? So, so nobody would card me. Uh-huh. And so <laughs> I was there That's early. That's smart. Yeah. Just get there early, pretend you work there, help set up, and then be like, can I get up? Yeah, and just sign the list. That's what I did. And that's that, how and I then, started. So, and then 19, and then that was a wrap. You were like, this is what I got to be doing? And what's funny, I bombed so hard that night. <laughs> but it wasn't enough. Like, I met my brother. I taped myself. And I let my brother listen to the tape. And he's like, so you want to go do this again? <laughs> right? mm-hmm. like, yes. <laughs> I know I'm funny. You know what I mean? And so, like... <laughs> And I got booed because I was doing somebody else's joke that I didn't know I was doing somebody else's joke because I it was a joke I heard on Comic View and I thought it was mine. Mm-hmm. And a, the comedian whose joke it was was actually there. Damn. And it was his show. Damn. And they, oh, they booed, man. They not only booed me, the DJ, DJ Dollar Bill, who's my good friend now, and the host was Damon Williams, who's one of my, uh-huh. my, my OGs now. And he played White Club, Someone Please Call 911. <laughs> Saddest walk to my seat. Uh, I don't, Damn. Like when I hear that, when I hear that song, I used to love that song. It's when uh-huh. it's, it's so sad to me that like every time I hear that song, someone please go down. I will one tell them I just got shut down in my body's getting cold. That's a that's a fucked up song. <laughs> but honestly. What a dream of uh, <laughs> like of a scenario for your very first time doing stand up. Any normal person would go, "That's a rap. I can't do it." But like comics or comedians and I don't know people who need to perform are just different. You were like, "I I, I got to do that again," because it felt so dream. Like I remember when I was uh-huh. there and all the comics that went on stage. I was a big Comic View fan. Mm-hmm. And so watching all these guys I seen on BET's Comic View rock the stage. Now, and they didn't put me up early. He put me up in the middle. Which I'm like, oh why would God. you do that to somebody? Yeah. But Oof. they were all like almost getting standing ovations. I uh-huh. remember, remember the scene in Back to the Future when uh, my man get on the phone like, hey, that sound you been looking for? <laughs> it is well, like, listen to this. <laughs> I literally did that. It was a payphone in the bathroom of the comedy club. And I called my <laughs> brother like, hey. You remember those comics we heard on Comic View? <laughs> Listen to this. They here. 
True story. <laughs> That's so funny. I fucking love that. I just love how like you are genuinely a fan of comedy and you love comedy. And then like watching you perform is so fun because it just you it seems like you're having a great time and like you love the jokes that you've written. So it I love that story. That's such a good story. What was your second show like? Oh, it's great, great. Ah, okay. I don't know if I ever told this story. <laughs> so I came back the next week and uh, Damon wasn't there. Marlon Mitchell, another comedian from Chicago, was hosting, and Corey Holcomb was there. And I went up, and I had a had a had a I guess a really good set for my second mm-hmm. time. Uh, I didn't bomb, and I got some laughs. And I changed all. I changed the whole setup. I said, right, "Let me go a lot more personal." Mm-hmm. And I started doing these jokes about my glasses, and that's all I had to talk about. Then I ain't had nothing going on. I was still a virgin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I went up there, talked about that. And Corey Holcomb went on stage. It was like, hey, I don't know who Shorty is. Yo, hey, he funny to a lot of y'all. I've been doing this a long time, man. Hey, keep going, man. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and it's so weird. It's been little moments every time in my career where I got these little stamps mm-hmm. that, that's, that, you know, people don't know the imp- – I've learned this as being a veteran comic now – that what I say to a comic could impact them or a person, especially somebody that may look up to you or anything like that, and you just say something very genuine to them. It might be the smallest thing, but mm-hmm. like it's it made me want to keep coming back. I knew I can do it. And so I was like, all right, if he said that, then I could keep uh-huh. doing this. I love that. I always, when I see a young comic, try to, like, if they have a great set, be like, that set was really great. Da, 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 da. Like, because you, you're right. Like, I had somebody say that to me very early on. And I was like, oh, okay, well, if this person thinks I can, I can do this, then okay, I can do it. And it's not to say that I wasn't confident. It's just sometimes when an outside person is like, you're fucking good. You're like, oh, shit. Okay, so I, it's not in my head. I am actually good. I am funny. Yeah. So yeah, I like that you do that too. Man, it was a it's it's that first two years of the hustle of comedy mm-hmm. was just really interesting. I learned a lot, and because I, I went up to the north side too, and ended up like finding some show that like if I brought people in, they give me a dollar per person, you know that type of thing. <laughs> yeah, like it, it, it was just it was a lot of hustle in it, man, mm-hmm. and I. I you know, I appreciate even just like I, I had D. Ray Davis on my podcast, and D. Ray is one of the cats. That's who I came up under. That's why I learned um, how to self promote myself and uh, going on stage freestyling every week and things like that. Like, you know, I, it's interesting, like kind of being this in this mainstream place of where I'm at. But I a hundred percent coming from the Chitlin circuit, <laughs> and so like to be able to. I haven't changed myself. You know, I uh-huh. was who I am the whole time. But those first maybe five years, I was a fly on the wall. I just watched how everybody moved and was like, all right, I'm going to do this differently. Uh, um, you know, my material changed pretty fast because at first I was doing jokes and I was doing some stuff personal. Mm-hmm. But my two roommates, I lived with two other comics, Michi and Wildcat, shout out to them. And one day he was on a road trip. And I used to tell them these crazy stories about my family. And one day they was like, why you don't do that on stage? I'm like, oh, ain't nobody don't care about my mama smoking cigarettes. And this is like, real, this shit is hilarious. What are you, scared? And I ain't like nobody, I ain't scared of nothing. You know And I was like? <laughs> and like one of the next shows I did, I went up there and just started talking about my family and it killed. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, hmm, 
right. Because I looked up to Eddie and all them, but I was scared to think my family could interpret it to stand up. I, I don't know. It's very interesting. It well, it's sometimes you're just like, well, my personal life's not that interesting, or my family's not that. The, nobody's going to relate to this. And the longer I've lived, the longer I keep talking, I'm like, oh, there is somebody in a room full of a hundred people. At least ten people will be like, this relates directly to me. But if you make it funny, everyone's like, oh, I can, I see it. I see why it's funny, and I can see uh, like a person having to live like that or whatever. And I don't know. I personally, I love observational comedy, but I love comedy that's like, it comes from your heart. And you're like, here's a wild thing. I think I like trauma processed through comedy on stage. Because <laughs> I've heard some stories on stage and I'm like, damn, that's fucked up. But you made it real funny. I mean, that's what, you know, what's interesting. I think the day I stopped trying to relate with the audience mm-hmm. and decided just to take you into my world of it changed everything, which is why like, I got good at blacking out in characters, which ended up making mm-hmm. me a better actor. So on stage, you know, when you watch a person like J.B. Smoove was one of my big influences. Uh, he's so and funny. The way he would milk a joke. Mm-hmm. Like the first time I ever seen him on stage do that, I was like, yo, this dude got to be the greatest of all time. Like mm-hmm. I ain't never seen that. Because like, I couldn't forget the bits. It was to the point, one night I, reco- I was recording my own set and uh-huh. I kept it recording. So I've been telling JB, I said, JB, I got like two of your sets that I would never sell, but I used to watch on my own time, like homework Mm -hmm. all the time and would laugh hysterically hard every Every single single time. time. And it's just because that brother just milking a joke. Like you could tell, like I wasn't surprised when when he got Curb Your Enthusiasm. I was so happy that finally his comedy interpreted like it, it is on a Larry David show, right? And mm-hmm. that's that's what happened. And it was like he always been so brilliant to me, and because that's who I learned from. So the way you know, I mean, I'm a big Eddie Murphy fan with storytelling, but my thing mm-hmm. was about acting out the characters in the story and seeing how I could milk the scenario differently every time I went on stage. Yeah, I love that. A good joke that uh, I love that is truly like milk. It's like a a five minute bit. It's Wanda Sykes. And she talks about what if women had a detachable pussy and all the reasons why you'd want to have one, what happens when it gets detached. And it just like keeps going. And it's so funny. So like when I'm trying to write a joke, I will listen to that over and over and over again to be like, well, she went this way so I can go this way on it or I could go this way on it. And uh, yeah, it's I, I, I love writing jokes. It is so hard. But like. When it all comes together, you're like, fuck yes, yes, I love this bit. I love when the idea is fresh, right? I've never mm-hmm. I've never written out a bit. I've always kind of just knew the ideal of it. And I've always trusted myself that and this, you know, it's so funny. It's, I, I don't know if I've ever said this. Like my imagination is crazy. Mm-hmm. Where I got that from is from Muffet Babies. They used to come on as a kid. <laughs> Because the Muppet Babies, every episode would just make up their imagination was sore. 
Mm-hmm. So by the time when I started playing with my toys, I used to play with my toys, and I had all I had the GI Joes, Transformers, mm-hmm. random toys. I would like make up high school scenarios with GI <laughs> Joe with the high school with the Sugar Bear dude. It was weird, <laughs> like, but I had the whole scenarios, and my brothers would mm-hmm. participate in it with me, and it was so interesting. I didn't realize until I got older. Like, damn, I was like writing, mm-hmm. basically writing, whole writing shows, scenes. yeah, for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Even when we played basketball in our room, we played five on five, but we was playing one on one. Do you mm-hmm. know? How, you know how your imagination got to be passing the ball to yourself, to the post. <laughs> to the, like does, I know it sounds crazy, but that is what. No, it doesn't. My imagination would do. That's what I would do. I would like act out things in my room. I used to, when I finally saw like late night, I would be like, oh. I could be an actress on late night. So then I would pretend to be the actress, pretend to be the host, and then act out the scene that I was showing them. Just like in my room late at night in the dark. (laughs) I feel like a lot of creative people spend time talking to themselves and like picturing themselves as other people. And sometimes I'm like, am I crazy? And I'm like, no, no, I'm just creative. I'm creative. That that That's what I love about being a dad now. I, I was just telling one of my friends this is that, like, I'm so open to the create. Like, they just, they're learning to play the piano on their own. So I bought them a uh, keyboard, piano, whatever mm-hmm. the other day. But it's like right away, whatever you want to do creatively. All right, cool. Let's do it. Let's just, you know, I, I think for me, my parents... Even though they were creative, and believe they're a lot more creative than most parents, so I was able to do some creative things, but they still didn't really know what to do with me, for real. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I, I get excited that I do know what to do with my very creative children. Like, hey, mm-hmm. whatever idea you have, even if it's not entertainment creativity, whatever it is, cool, let's do it. Let's explore that. Um, and that's because I've lived this very creative life, and um, I've created this space where, like, it looked like they're comfortable and understand that dreams come true. Mm-hmm. So it's a first thought to them that their dreams can come true. See, that's nice. That's so nice. Cause I feel like a lot of times kids, I mean me specifically, like I didn't know I could be an actor. I didn't know that that was an option. I didn't know comedy was an option. I didn't know anything was an option besides, you know, doctor, lawyer, fireman, you know, or police lady or bus driver working in a supermarket, like just normal shit, like entertainment, like wasn't a thing, but it's like, why not introduce kids to that? Like, you know, make them take an acting class in school, make them like, I don't know, the arts are treated as such as like as a side thing in school mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, it's an after school thing. It's a hobby. It's this, it's that. It's like, yeah, but like, what if they're really great? What if you've got the next uh, Picasso or or whoever like sitting there? It's like, why not let them work on that? And then, you know, maybe math is a hobby because I don't I've never nobody's had me ha- do algebra. Nobody's algebra me in the real world. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like <laughs> nobody's like, quick, Nicole, there's a gun to your head. What is the circumference of this globe? And I'm like, I, like <laughs> no, it, it hasn't happened yet. So I'm like, why not? introduce things to kids to see what they like right i don't know no that is that is you know uh, you know and i look at it like just being black like i know with my family they just wanted us to to just have a real safety net something that felt mm-hmm. secure um and the way and so i've been watching a lot of documentaries lately but it's funny the way entertainment even though people enjoy watching it some i feel like some people is ashamed Mm-hmm. Of our entertainers, right? And 
it wasn't their fault neither because they only could do what was offered to them at the time, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I, with them not, like, that's why I love my family. I, I remember at first they was all kind of against me doing stand-up. I'm a, I got a family full of educators. It was like, mm-hmm. you want to do what? Only my mom was really supportive about it. It was like, yo, do whatever you want. And my dad, I mean, my dad was supportive, but he ain't really, like, I didn't realize till like, later on how much he supported me because he didn't mm-hmm. feel comfortable saying it. I, you know, he's an old school black man. Yeah, you know that shit. Yeah, he's not going to be like, I'm proud of you. He'll yeah. be like, mm-hmm, You got to hear from somebody not. else, man. Your daddy talking about you all the time. <laughs> yeah, right. When? 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 I never he hear it. pass out your flies. You never did a job. He did. <laughs> But that's how I would learn, though, which is very interesting. And, you know, um, you know, I look at it like I love my family because at one point, once I, I think I was leaving in New York when we were going to do Friends of the People. I was leaving mm-hmm. Chicago. And me leaving Chicago was so dramatic because, like, <laughs> like I was just going, about to go through a divorce. I had to give up that first house I ever got. And it was like the last episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when he left the house. <laughs> <It was> the, <laughs> and looks around the empty house and is like, all right. And that's and that's closing a sitcom, right? My mm-hmm. that was me leaving my life, like, well, <laughs> marriage is over with, and I'm going to New York City to pursue my dreams with all my family. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> and so, like, it's like adjusting to my new life after that. But I remember my family giving me a dinner, apologizing for not believing in me at first. Damn, that's nice. That was the most beautiful experience, and I I love them so. They so supportive. They like. They're so supportive, or you almost get embarrassed about how supportive they are. Uh-huh. Like, they're like, That's I do nice, like screens. Chicago. They got Lil Rail shirts on. Lil oh. Rail family. They're like, oh, come on, yeah. But, that, <laughs> but that's what they do. So Because when they support, they support. Uh-huh. They're like, we are in these streets supporting. We are supported. in these streets. Uh, I love that. Real quick, yeah. Yeah. we got to take a break. Oh, cool. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. Fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus, the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because... Sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things and Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to Newly.com, N-U-U. L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code DATEME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code DATEME20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. 
Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving, and I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. We're back. Okay, so tell me about... The time that you were thrown off a horse on a date. <laughs> no, it wasn't a date. It was, I mean, it was vacation. So I, I went mm-hmm. on a vacation okay. with, with uh, my ex. And uh, you know what's funny? I tell people this. <laughs> if you want to know if something going to work, spend maybe like 48 hours with somebody mm-hmm. consecutively. <laughs> if you can get through that, y'all might be all right. <laughs> Okay, like for okay. real. Okay, two days. Take the, take the trips. Two full take days. A, take a, a whole, well, y'all got to be around each other like simultaneously. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So yeah, we went on this this vacation, which was crazy. And she wanted to get on these horses. We sitting on the beach chilling. Mm-hmm. And I was really hesitant about this because I'm like <laughs> I'm like seeing this dude. He got the horse with the ropes, but like they all kind of like a little out of control. And I'm like mm-hmm. fighting with him. Be like, I don't, I don't know. want this. I don't think we should do this. I don't know if he has control over these horses. <laughs> Baby, now you're tripping. He does this every day. Nobody's probably been hurt. <laughs> Obviously, he wouldn't be walking these horses if the horses was out here fucking everybody up. And so, like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. So I get to it. He can barely speak English. He's like, I'm like, all right, brother. Just, yeah. So he put her on this, like, nice little cool horse. And I don't ride horses like that. I like mm-hmm. I didn't learn how to ride horses till after that. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, God, such a crazy story. <laughs> so... I get on the horse, right? And I could tell the horse is irritated because the horse is like irritated. Mm-hmm. Like he don't want, want me on his back or her back. I don't know what horse I was on. This is an aggressive mm-hmm. horse. <laughs> so I'm on this gender neutral horse. No, I'm joking. I'm on this, <laughs> I'm on this horse, right? And uh-huh. they start arguing. The horse is, and he's speaking Spanish. And I'm like, yo, what are they talking about? This is uh-huh. like, look, if you want me to get off, I can meet y'all back at the <laughs> cabana. And I watch you, and I take some videos, and you look cool. She's like, baby, no, da, da, da. So we make it kind of down the beach. Now we're going to do the turnaround. We got to go back to where we're going. And now he's doing a lot. And I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. sir, excuse me. Hey, sir. No, 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 don't be me. This horse is losing his mind. So the horse started doing some even more crazy stuff. Knock me off of it. I fly off, right? I'm like, oh, the ground. Everybody's on the beach looking. People are like panicking. Like, oh, my God, is he okay? My glasses is all over the place. I got sad in my eyes. I'm trying to play it cool. I, got, I had a school outfit on. 
that I like picked out specifically for that beach day. I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to. And we took a picture of the horse. We looked cool with the mm, first you picture. You looked cool with the horse, and then the horse but, said goodbye. Man, I was so embarrassed. And I just remember being so bad about it. And he's like, what do you want to come back on? I'm like, I'm not like, getting back on this horse. <laughs> I'm going to meet y'all at the fucking cabana. <laughs> But let me get in this ocean so I get some of this sand out my ass. <laughs> and so, like, <laughs> ocean, oh and I met them back over there. And she was like, baby, you okay? And I'm just like, see, this ah. is why at 40, at that time, like 40, that I don't want to date nobody 30 and under. <laughs> because you put me in a situation that was not fair. If, if you was at my age and somebody said, hey, man, I'm good. You will respect that and say, well, I'm going to have a good time. I'll be right back. And that's what I like about dating my girl now. We're both, we're mm-hmm. really, we're grown as fuck, okay? Mm-hmm. If it's something I don't want to do, she don't bother me about it. Or she <laughs> have a better way. I'll explain to her, like, I think this looks mm-hmm. dangerous. She'll be like, you're right. But when you got a lot of energy, like, no, let's just do it anyway. No, let's just do Danger. it. Come on, like, come like, on. It'll be fun. I don't worry about tailbone. Like, I just my mm-hmm. career. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to be at an age where I can go, mm, not for me. Not for me. Uh, I was in Mexico and <sighs> didn't nobody wanted me there. I was in a very gay part of Mexico, though. But uh, we were going to this private Where's beach. Where's the gay part of Mexico? Puerto Vallarta. Really? Lots of drag shows. Very gay. Um, <laughs> but we were going to this, like, private beach. And the way you get there is by boat. Or you can hike. And everyone was talking. They were like, oh, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll hike. Oh, we'll hike. And I was like, well, I'll see you when I see you. Uh, <laughs> I simply will not be hiking. I couldn't possibly. And they're like, no, no, it's easy. And I was like, truly, thank you for the thought. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers to you. Uh, I, I guess I just, and they're like, but the views. And I was like, they, I won't see them. And that's sad. But I will not hike. <laughs> And then <laughs> finally everyone was like, okay, fine. And then a couple people hiked, a couple people got on the boat. And then all the hiking people came back all sweaty and shit. And I was like, yeah, God bless. That's why I didn't want to fucking do that. Let me enjoy this private beach. But then I cracked my nail open and <sighs> didn't really enjoy it. So you went there by yourself? No, I went with a couple of friends. I went with um, three friends and then met up with three friends down there. I used to vacation by myself a lot. Like I, oh, I still yeah? do. I still try to do. It's interesting too. Now that I'm booed up, like, because mm. I used to like to take one trip by myself a year. Just where? Do, where? Where have you gone? Hawaii. I went to Hawaii Ooh. two years straight by myself. I went to Maui the first year, and then Honolulu mm-hmm. the second year. And Honolulu was turned. Yeah. And I, what I do is I go from Christmas Eve to past uh, New Year's Eve. Oh, okay. I like just, that. I like to be out of my house for New Year's. I like to be out of the country somewhere fun. But here's the thing. Okay, I get worried. I don't love doing things by myself. I mm. will go to like a coffee shop by myself. I will go shopping by myself. I'll go to like a dinner, eat at the bar. But like, do you go on adventures by yourself? Yeah. I mean, like, I, even when I was in Hawaii, like, like I went zip line. I did everything by myself. Like, Oh, okay. Everything. Like, because the thing about it, I went to like a luau by myself and like, like, this white family tried to adopt me. It was kind of weird. I was like, I'm grown as fuck. I don't need no family. family. I'm good. Write it down. It's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Get out, too. <laughs> That's what it felt like. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm grown. I'm okay. I swear to you, I'm fine. And I remember the black people that was there, too. Like, hey, brother, you good? Because I, <laughs> I do love black people. 
Because we truly will be like, hey, hey. what's going on? You all right? Hey. You, you good? We ain't want to bother you. We ain't blow your spot up. You know what I mean? We know who you is, but you good. You don't know them people. I'm like, no, nah, I don't. Okay. That oh. nah, looks no means no if you don't want to be with them. <laughs> you don't want to be with them. Because they was really, really like, I'm like, God, are you alone? And I hate that I gave them that information. I wish I'd have been like, oh, my wife is at the resort. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, no, nah, by myself. Like, oh, why? Why? <laughs> I, like, I just wanted some time myself and just chill, you know. They're like, you can tell us. It must be tragic. Are you going through something? What is it? It's like, no, just alone. Oh, come on. Just wanted to sit in the ocean for hours and not not answer to nobody. And I love my children because they understood. They like, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, come on. Like, because what I do is take them on a trip, and then like, I just want some away from everything. That's like, nice. Everything. Like, just, and reset. Even with, like, creativity, mm-hmm. it lets me sit in that alone. Well, I'm not, fo- like, you know what I mean? If I had some ideas, I could just sit mm-hmm. in it a little longer without. So, I don't know. I still, I love doing that, actually. It's been something I do. Maybe I'll do that. That sounds really nice. to Just, like, be alone with my thoughts. Maybe get some work done. But also, maybe have a nice time by myself. Rel, this is revolutionary for me. I love this. Yeah. I think I'm definitely, I'm going to do that this year. I'm going to go somewhere for the weekend just for me. It's the best way, especially, I guess, like, especially during my single time. Like, when I, and I used to like showing it, like, I went to Antigua to meet some friends, mm-hmm. but I went by myself and it was spontaneous. I, it was like a couple of Valentine's Day ago. I saw one of my boys' story. I'm like, hey, man, where you at? He's like, Antigua. I was like, he said, pull up. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I had the time of, my life because it's like you know at that time I was single and I tell my single friends mm-hmm. to do that too go alone mm-hmm. and just have a good time just have a nice time just have a nice time be honest mm-hmm. you ain't gotta lie about nothing yeah just have fun and believe like you'll have a great time yeah so wait okay so before you got booed up were you on any of the apps were you like on Bumble and Raya and that shit all of them I was I was on Raya Bumble, like Bumble and Riot was it was uh, uh, so I was on the black one too called Soul something I forgot. What Soul it Swipe. Soul Swipe. I love Soul Swipe. Dude. I just found out about Soul Swipe. It was it was I, like Bumble was fun because I like that you know women have to choose you and mm-hmm. so like you have to wait on that and that's dope. But Raya, Raya was lit too. I was I was. I mean, I'm gonna do this thing. I was on the apps, but I also would shoot my shot too. Mm-hmm. Which is why Issa used to always, Issa Ray was always like, "Real, you for the streets?" And I'm like, "Shut up, I'm single." <laughs> but I was, I was just, I was single. I don't know else how to be single without being single, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm like, kind of, I'm an old school Chicago guy, so I will shoot my shot. I'm gonna mm-hmm. send a drink to you, guy. Like, hey, ask what she's doing. Tell us on me. See, that's nice. I love when when gentlemen in bars buy me drinks because then I'm like, you're already spending money on me and you don't know what I sound like. I'm very annoying. (laughs) 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 You might regret it. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) He's like, give me my money back. (laughs) But see, you learn to do that that without trying to get anything from it, right? Mm -hmm. Like I would do that just out. If I see like some a uh, group of women having a great time. I would send them shots of drinks and just, you know, just send them a, just do this, leave it at that. And usually if you do that, honestly, I guess I'm I'm out the game now, so I give all my tips. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you do that, whoever really likes you or intrigued by you, they're the one that's going to mm-hmm. come speak to you. 
And so you just wait on oh, that. Honestly, that's good game. <laughs> that's like some baller shit to be like, oh, ladies, have whatever. And then, yeah, it's a numbers game. If there's five women, one, maybe two will be like, oh, <laughs> hi. <laughs> that was really sweet of you. <laughs> Mm, do you want your dick sucked? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but it, it, what it helps too is like if it's a couple of them that's not single, you don't make the mistake of talking to mm. who's ever booed up. So because mm-hmm. they usually cheer on the one that said, "Girl, you go, girl, go over there." <laughs> oh my god, this is I think life changing for some listeners because it's <laughs> life changing for me. I was like, oh my god, yeah, target a group, and then someone in the group will want you. Go to brunch, bro. It's like literally fishing. Go to brunch. Go to a nice brunch where you know it's going to mm-hmm. be. And then you just, you know, either bring one of your homeboys or sit there alone, chill out, mm-hmm. wear a nice outfit, cross your legs, <laughs> send some shots, uh-huh. wave at them with a smile. They will be like, you know, so especially if you're not asking, you're not coming over there, you're not jumping uh-huh. into their space, you still chilling. Ooh. Boom. Ooh, that's smooth. Ooh, I love that. Okay, we have to take one more break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DateMe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DateMe. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho. 
without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. Wait, who introduced you to Bumble? <laughs> Hannibal. <laughs> I think we was in Toronto doing like a Just for Laughs festival. So we was like, went to get some like food. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you do? He's like, yeah, I put his business out there. But we was hanging out and, it, <laughs> and he was he was like, what is that? He's like, it's Bumble, man. They, the women choose you. I'm like, for real? That's cool. And then I sat on right then and there. And that's mm-hmm. when my Bumble journey started in Toronto. <laughs> I love it. You were like, what's this? Tell me more. They choose. Oh, okay. I don't got to do no work. I want in. Um, who uh, who have <laughs> you matched with on Raya? That's like fun. Can you say? Would you say? Yeah, I mean, I matched up with Lizzo before. Did you talk to Lizzo? We did actually. <gasps> did you go on a date with Lizzo? Nah, we supposed oh. to supposed to link up, but now you're both boot up. Boot up, but she. Uh, I mean, she's a. Uh, that's at the time when she just had coconut oil out, which I love that song. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just to watch it, just her just like explode. But she was really yeah. cool, though. She was real. She cool. seems cool. I've met her twice over Zoom and once in person. She's very lovely. She's very funny too. I've met some amazing, like Raya. It was I met some really dope women on Raya, like from around the world, actually. Which is really. I Raya has not been kind to me. Raya has been uh, very, very bad. The last two matches I had, both of them were like, it's probably uncool to say here, but I'm a big fan. And then I was like, I don't want to unpackage. Are you speaking to me just because you're a big fan? Mm. Or are you speaking to me saying you're a big fan and then you want to take me out or something? So I've just like... I. I opened it, but I didn't respond. And they haven't said anything, so I think it was just, like, them saying that they like me. Yeah, dating right now, I'm just, like, I don't know. It, it's not fun right now. And I would just like to open my door, and then someone's there, and they're like, hello, Nicole, I love you. <laughs> 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 That's what I want. That's what's so funny about comedy. Comedy... We mask so much stuff by making it funny. Mm-hmm. And like, even just listening to that, right, I'm laughing, but it, like, I have literally another part of my brain that's like, oh, Nicole deserves somebody dope. She's cool. <laughs> she's funny. Like, she's super chill. Like, why well, she ain't got nobody yet? And, yeah. But that's how I felt about myself for a while like, until I met Danella. Like, she's... This is something I've never, I, I literally, and I don't, this is not even no name dropping shit, but this is literally like maybe before I got here to do this, I was on the phone with my friend Sherry Shepard, who would just called mm-hmm. and check on me. And uh, we were just talking about life shit. She was just, just telling me how happy she is for me and stuff like that. And tell how happy I was for, I am for her. But I was like, yo, I almost gave up on this shit. Like mm-hmm. for real. Like I was like, maybe I've. I was married before. Maybe I fucked that up, and that's just what it is. And I don't deserve nobody else. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, but I go to therapy. I remember my therapist saying this to me, like, you know, yeah, you can make mistakes and not be perfect. You were young, this and that. Like, you don't have to hold yourself and think you don't deserve love just because it's not 
coming the way you want it to. And also, like, what do you need to make yourself better to even attract it? Mm-hmm. And so, like, working on myself, like, by the time I met Danella, I was in a really chill place. Like, I wouldn't even, you know, thirsty shit. Like, I, like, like I stopped a lot of things. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was mm-hmm. like, all right. You know, I took a, a real sex break. Like, for real, mm-hmm. for real. And it was tough because it was like, I'm at the height of yeah, you're ass. doing very well. Yes, so the ladies the- are like, here for it. <laughs> but thank God for my old school energy I got now. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hmm. Is it worth the headache? You know what I mean? Like, that comes with <laughs> if I do this. Mm-hmm. Especially if I know I don't really like you like that. I know you're fine. Mm-hmm. But you don't read much. Uh, <laughs> I don't, don't want to do this, man. Like... You don't read much. You don't read much. You have no opinion about anything. Uh, you don't adult well. You know, mm-hmm. and all those things I literally, you know, man. And even with that, right, I, it's interesting, too, because, like, I, I feel like, for me, I needed somebody who could show me that they could be a fan of mine, of my work, along with seeing me for real. And what I love about Danella is I felt like, when she saw me in some of my most vulnerable moments, she still thought I was dope. And she still mm-hmm. was like, I still love what type of man you are. I'm like, damn. And, and my vulnerability, when I felt weak and you ain't like, because I, I honestly feel like it was times in my life where I had some weak points where, you know, women that were in my life would kind of be like, if they never saw me have that before, mm-hmm. they're like, ooh, I don't know what to do with that. Real is usually like, you know, but like, I'm like, damn, I can't even be that around you. Shit. Mm-hmm. And so for her to accept that, and, you know, it was it was crazy, too. In the beginning of us dating, it was some real, some moment moments that happened. And I was just like, you know, and I remember one of them, she just came behind me. She rubbed my back. She didn't say anything. She left, came back <laughs> with some crab legs, which I love. <laughs> and that was... That was it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. Okay. Aww. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. The way you talk about her is so nice. <laughs> it's so, like, that's truly what I, like, I know I want someone who loves me, who's kind to me, who likes me for me, who's okay that I'm not always performing and, like, you know, have down days. But I also want someone who talks about me in like such a way that like other people know how much they love me. Do you know what I mean? Like the way you just talked about her, I was like, Oh, I feel it. I feel it. And that's beautiful. That's like so nice. And yeah, like just someone who like respects me enough to like really, you know, lift me up when they talk about me. Well, that's when a, a you know, when somebody, and she says this all the time as a compliment to me, she's like, I like that you see me and I don't have to dumb myself down with you. That's what she says mm-hmm. to me. And I'm like, damn, you had to do that? You're, you're, you being so intelligent to make that guy secure, you had to act like, and that's, that's like, I was like, yo, and I wonder how many, how many times have I been in a situation where somebody thought that's what I wanted? Mm-hmm. And maybe I didn't get them. I, I tell you, you know, so it was a, I, I recently saw her too. Oh, it's crazy when you see somebody used to date, <laughs> and she was close too. Ooh, she was close. She's a, she was so dope. Mm-hmm. But here we go. We go out one night with her and her sister and her friends, 
And she's fucking hysterical. Like, mm-hmm. comedy show funny. She's not even a comic. I'm in tears laughing. And at some point, I stopped laughing like, wait a minute. How long have you been this fucking funny? Right? You know what I mean? And why I don't get this person? You're hysterical. Uh-huh. How, did, how did I not get so... When we ever was get back, you know, to the crib, and I'm like, can we talk? She's like, what? I'm like, why I ain't never got this side of you? Oh, mm-hmm. no, I just be, you know, I be want to be chill. I didn't know if that would. Like, no, I want to know you. Don't give me a version that you would give to a boyfriend. Because people do that. They separate. I'm like, however you act in front of your friends, give me that too. I want to, like, you're hysterical. So you holding back all this funny shit. I don't know. First of all, also, that means I don't know what you said about me when I ain't around you. You just fucking funny. <laughs> what you said about me, you know what I mean? So uh-huh. I I was like, damn. And I remember telling her that. And she, she I think she understood, but she didn't. But I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I want to know who you are. Like, what's up? That's so interesting because it's like, on one hand, maybe she does separate who she is with her friends and who she is when she's dating somebody. But on the flip side, she might have been like, I know I'm funny. Rel's an actual comedian who makes money being funny. So let me turn off my funny so he feels like he's the funniest one since that's what he's supposed to be in that relationship. And that's such an interest. I do that sometimes where I like anticipate what I think somebody wants out of me. And I'll be like, mm. okay, I'll do this because that's going to make me the perfect girl for you. Where it's like, no, you just got to be you, Nicole. And it's hard. It's really hard when you're like, I just want love. You know, I wonder, is it too, like, you know, I I remember therapy might help me with this. I got into this comfortable place. Me displaying my vulnerability was the version of her not being funny in front of me. We all had these Mm -hmm. different vulnerability things. My, My vulnerability was showing a softer side to me. In front of somebody, you know what I'm saying? And and I had to get comfortable doing it in front of who got it or not. If that turned you off, then you ain't for me then. Yeah. Oof. 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 Well, I think... Oh, wait. Do you have any advice for me on how to uh, <laughs> get a, get a, get somebody to love me? You know, something to code, just keep being you. I, I think you're a... Tr- I and mean, I'm being honest, right? I, I think, you know, outside of you being funny and talented and all that good stuff, you're very sweet. You're, ex- you're insanely intelligent. You're beautiful. You're sexy. You know what I'm saying? And you're cool. And oh. I think, you know, I just hate, like, we in this business where people love to chase what they see on that screen. Mm-hmm. And... I had a few tries before this shit felt right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just think uh-huh. your heart got to be open. Like, I think we take heartbreak too seriously, so we hold back. Mm-hmm. A lot of us are grown AF. Okay? Mm-hmm. If somebody don't fit, just move the fuck on. Yeah. That's tough, though. It's so hard to just be like, all right. Oh, that didn't work out. Well, I mean, I do it in life. Like, I you don't do cry about career. auditions. Yes. I get rejected almost every day. <laughs> Not almost. I get rejected every single day from something that I'm like, oh, man, I really wanted that. And then I'm like, well, it wasn't for me. Or maybe someone will drop out and it will be for me. I don't know. Whatever. But I don't, like, cry about it because that's <laughs> life. And I guess I should put that in with dating. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Okay, well, okay. 
Okay. Well, we've come to the end. Um, <laughs> very abruptly. I'm like, we've got, we're done. Um, but I ask all my guests this. Would you date me? If I was single, yep. Ooh, I love to hear that. <laughs> um, do you have anything that you want to promote? Yeah, just, hey, man, check out our podcast, Keeping It Real with Young Wayne on any place you list a podcast. Every Tuesday we have a new episode, and uh, it's not what you expect. You know, like, I had a whole episode of me just talking about going to therapy. It's just, it's funny, but it's very real, which is why I call it Keeping It Real. And you just seeing a whole other side with me with great guests and stuff like that. My, my good friend, Young Wayne, we basically brought our phone conversations to a podcast. I Love that. I also, yeah, I just, I love listening to you talk and I think you're wonderful and you're funny. So I think, yeah, if you got the time, listen to that podcast. Also, Rel is in a hundred thousand movies that you can watch (laughs) and he's so good in each and every one. Like literally, if you haven't seen Get Out, his performance in Get Out is so fucking good. It's like, it it really like it grounds you out of it being so like scary. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. every time we cut to you, I'm like, oh, relief from <laughs> from all of this tension that has been building. And then by the end, oh, the end is spectacular, and I love it. Um, I could truly wax on poetically about you forever, but oh, we gotta end. If you like this episode of Why Won't You Date Me, you can like it, you can rate it, you can subscribe, you give it five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you write me something nasty hitting on me, I will read it. And you can write it to Why Won't You Date Me podcast at gmail.com. This nice person said, at the end of each episode, when you ask the guest, is there anything you want to plug? I always go, yeah, but five stars. Love you. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, thank you. Bye bye. <laughs> That's it for Why Won't You Date Me with me, Nicole Byer. Why Won't You Date Me is produced and engineered by, oh, the sweetest woman I know, Marissa Melnick. It is executive produced by other wonderful people, Adam Sachs, Joanna Solotaroff, and Jeff Ross. Thanks for listening. I love you. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you next Friday with a brand new episode. What a treat. What a dream. <laughs> This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.